Welcome to my podcast. And today I'm sitting with a great girlfriend, Rafi Wilmot, who is a neighbor, a friend, and she's also the creator of a restaurant chain called Elian's. And at the heart of everyday life of us as people is food. And that's where she started her restaurants from. So welcome, Rafi. Thank you, Fiona, for having me. So lovely to see you. It's so nice to see you as well. And I know our sons are great friends and they've probably seen more of each other yeah. than we have recently yes. because both of us are pretty hard-working mums and wives and women, aren't we, in everything yeah. that we do? I mean, our boys are such good friends and they're you know, lovely to see them all together. Even during pandemic, they've been keeping in touch and doing their bit, outside activities, all sorts, which is great. Yes, it has actually. And do you know, I think the alfresco eating, which we've all turned to, I hope that will stay with us in all seasons of the year because it is a good way to live and being outside has given us all such pleasure. Exactly. And camping. I mean, the boys have really gone into camping and out, you know, travelling in camper vans and things. Again, that's revival. They've been very good because they've also been testing as well for for COVID, which I think is very responsible. But Rafi, when I walk into Elian's in Hungerford on the main high street, I go in through the door and on my left, there's this amazing array of salads. It's just the most delicious bowls, all the colours, tastes. And it's not just because I don't want to eat a salad just because it's good for me, but because I just can't wait to eat the salad because it looks so delicious. And I know you don't just produce salads, but at the heart of it is some of the goodness in raw food, isn't it? Which perhaps so the, I think the, we eat with our eyes. I think that's that's the key thing. And the re- to attract people to food, which is good for them, you create this enticing look more so because flavour comes later once they've actually put it on their plate. So once they get attracted to the look of the salad or the dish... I'm halfway there. Yes, and I, there's, a, there's often a ready-coloured one and, and obviously some delicious chickens and, and fish as well, but I think it's the bright greenness or the oranges or the reds which well, make me stop. Exactly. You know, we as humans should have five flavours on our plate, five colours on our plate when we eat a meal. So when you create a plate of food, it shouldn't be just one colour. You know, it shouldn't be brown, it shouldn't be yellow or red. So you should have five colours, and that's an ancient way of eating. That's what the old Chinese, the Indians, 10,000 years ago, they were producing these plates of food for our health benefit. And that's what I'm trying to do in Elian. When you have a plate of food from Elian, it has all five elements that you need to keep yourself nourished. I didn't realise that. I've just enjoyed eating <laughs> well, exactly. and from you. Like, and also you've written some cookbooks. You know, yeah. you and I sometimes chat because we're working all hours trying to write the latest cookbook and I've written my latest one. And, and I love your cookbook as well. Again, and it's again about the colour. You're right. I hadn't actually particularly noticed. I'd just fallen upon the food exactly. in the restaurant. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we've got a second one coming out in August, which had to be delayed during because of the pandemic. What's the theme with your latest cookbook? So the latest then? book is based on very easy, simple foods that you can prepare in no time at all, which, again, going to be very nourishing and full of healthy benefits. Um, and colour colour comes into it if you combine all different colors you've given yourself all you need 
for your body to survive. Do you know, perhaps we should do some cooking together, which would be, be quite great. fun. My, the book, I've, the theme from what I've written is what's in season. Colour is definitely important, but it's also thinking about the different range of food produced on these aisles in order to not add miles to any to what's on your plate, you know, in exactly. terms of carbon and climate change. So it's about what is great about British cooking. It's not knocking some of the food we import, which may be important to those particular countries, but if you can produce it here, perhaps we shouldn't be shipping it for thousands of miles. Exactly. I mean, nature produces the food for you to eat at that time. Our bodies are totally connected to nature. So when nature has created seasonal food, you should attach itself to seasonal food in order for your body to sustain fully what's going on. So in winter, the winter vegetables is what we're supposed to be eating. We're not supposed to be bringing in summer vegetables from faraway land in order to give us... It just doesn't work. Body don't, doesn't like it. I've done a honeyed winter vegetable salad, and I thought of you when I was making it. Exactly. And it's just, you know, I've just put in a probably about five vegetables, which, thinking about it, is probably the colours, so perhaps I'm in league a little bit with you subconsciously. But again, it's... It's also not being too prescriptive because you can choose the vegetables that you have in front of you. Pumpkin, butternut squash, it's such, you know, underrated, beautifully orange, you know, it's honeyed butternut squash. Have you had that? The drizzle of, you know... Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's in my honeyed oil. vegetable salad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. With some sesame seeds, it's just oh, to die for. It is delicious, actually, and I love some of the leafy green vegetables as well, and I've... I've expanded my vegetable garden here so I can bring people in to do tours and look at what we're growing and make that connection from field or garden to plate. Because we are a farm and we've been a farm here now, well, obviously since time immemorial, but some of our farming records go back to the 13th and 14th century. And that's really interesting. And I think it's living wisely. And the other thing I'm interested in is not wasting food here. And Paul, our chef, is absolutely hot on the fact that there should not be food wastage. I, I totally, utterly agree with you. We have so much wastage going on because people are trying to, you know, look at the, the best possible form and the look of the vegetables and best piece of meat, but every single bit of the animal should be used, every single bit of the vegetable used. If it's grown organically, cleanly, you can use the skin, nothing wrong. Potato skin's great, you know, rather than throwing the peels away. We can make crispy crisps with that. Just bung them in the oven with some coconut oil, some salt and pepper. Delicious. No, I love potato skin, so I'm with you on We that. waste them, I don't, I don't know. No, why. I don't waste them, I promise yeah, you. Yeah, but most people yes. do, which is such a shame. But having a food festival would be another great idea. Let's do that. And perhaps what we can do is yeah. we can do a week of cooking. Yeah. And if we lay out what you need to buy to, say, feed a family of four, and then hopefully there should be no wastage by the end. And, you know, I had a chicken on Saturday night, and it's now in stock, and I've already made a lettuce soup, actually, for lunch today, because I had too Fabulous. many lettuces. And, and chicken broth is so good for your gut. That's we should I be having that it. on daily basis, you know. Why waste? We waste all these bones at the butchers. Go and collect them, make yourself a nice big broth, keep it in the freezer, have it on daily basis. And chicken broth, again, is great. Chicken broth is very good. So I've got two big jugs of that, and I also made some elderflower cordial, which is just scrummy, wow. so summer foraging. And I want to make some more, actually, before it's over, because it's about a month behind where it was last year, I think. But tell me, so I've now gathered from Edward, my son Eddie, that you've also opened a restaurant in Marlborough? Yes, 
So we are in Marlborough, hopefully, only being there for a few weeks. Actually, I must say that Marlborough is a town about um, 15 miles uh, west of Highclere on the road to Bath. Such it's a, a fabulous, wonderful town. fabulous place. As anybody's travelling around here, visit Hungerford and visit Marlborough. They are great, really traditional, picture-perfect English towns. Surrounded with amazing ancient sites also. Yeah. And so we're very blessed. Very so lucky. where are you in Marlborough then? So I'm in Huendon Yard, okay. which is just off, still on the high street, but mm. you have to, it takes you away from the hubbub of the traffic, traffic, mm. uh, which is a good place to be with lo- with lots of palm trees and little oases. No, how so lovely. you go in and give yourself some nourishment. How delicious. Yeah. And then I think, I know you're also in Sunningdale. Yes. Near the Ascot there. races, so if you're... Yes. Again, so they're famous. So you're near Ascot, you're near yeah. Ascot Racecourse, are you? Yes, yes, yeah. right, about five minutes away. Yeah. So and and again, do you do takeaways from there as well? So we do take, easy? so we do bespoke catering. We do takeaways. We just try and do our best to cater for everybody who comes in. Food has been a great source of inspiration in my life, and I've just tried to pass that on to our customers. A lot of the time, people don't actually realise what sort of thought and input goes into everything we create because it's all based on health food to create harmony within your body. So we do not do anything to um, degenerate our ingredients. I know you cook with coconut oil because that's also got a higher cooking um, temperature, hasn't higher it? Higher cooking temperature, so we use organic as much as we can. We, have, we use pink salt, for instance, rather than your table salt. Everything is made from scratch, from our jams, marmalades, to all our sauces and every single thing. I don't buy in, other than buying some cheese at times for people. Uh, we make everything from scratch. And I think that's the key. If you don't go for pre-made things, you're much safer. Yes, no, I don't think I do. I think I don't make all my jams, I'll have to say that. Well, actually, there's a very local lady who makes the jams that we sell in the shop because of the wonderful volume that we we sell now but sugar has been a huge thing in 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 our you know system so i've tried to avoid sugar and use natural forms of sugar so i'll use fruit to sweeten things and i'll use coconut sugar for instance and just avoid as much sugar and then honey and honey drizzle with honey as much as i can again locally source honey rather than buying in bulk honey avoiding sugar in mainstream restaurant system is it's not normal in this day and age so i'm quite proud of that so we've avoided all sugar we bake our own cakes on site everything tiny little kitchens but some amazing stuff comes out of our kitchen for cakes and bakes and all again indulgent with with organic ingredients but then we do a clean range which has no sugar has coconut or uh, fruit dates things your body are easy to digest with but i think after pandemic we just really need to watch out what's going on with our bodies source of fight against any illnesses or viruses is our immune system so stronger you make it healthier you will be yes i think it starts from the inside out doesn't exactly. it and we all work best if our digestion is working well digestion so is working well and you are aware of what you're taking on a daily basis don't rush through food eat with mindfulness 
sit and enjoy your meal. And but you were telling me that you had a come and dine with me at home <laughs> with your family during the pandemic. Well, yes. yes I mean, fun. what what do you do with you know three kids and friends who are isolating with you? Uh, so I had guests, my friends who had to leave Chile and they had to come because they were travelling, didn't have a house to go to because they sold and they'd gone on a gap year and then suddenly pandemic hits. Oh my God, what do we do? Okay, come to us and you can isolate and just lock down with us. So they were with us. Plus I had the kids, so was, I think there were about nine or ten of us all together. And we had to cook every day and I was getting a bit fed up of cooking because they always look at me. Okay, mommy cooks. <laughs> we came up with this idea of Come Dine With Me, which is a famous TV, is, show. TV show. And it went down really well because... I was the first one with a meal, so I set the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So our theme was dinner on the Orient Express. So we all had to dress up for the Orient Express. Emil did some kung fu fighting and he had the swords going and we had tea ceremony for our entertainment. And then I did a tasting menu for all the dishes from the Orient. So this platter of about 10 different flavors and starter and dessert and then wow. and everybody was like well what do we do now and that was just great because every other day they had to produce a meal and I was just so pleased and inspired by my kids to have come up with these amazing and the theme was it has to be gluten-free dairy-free and sugar-free and vegan even though we're not vegan but I just wanted to give them like a bar where they had to and they all did amazingly well <laughs> and we've got full video version of it which will be on youtube at some point soon (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's amazing yeah it's extraordinary but i often think of you rafa because equally well you have the most extraordinary heritage don't you yes i have come from a very colorful background but i think probably that's why my food is so colorful i have afghani russian persian blood came from a very sort of warrior-like family. My granny was uh, was um, from Afghanistan and she left because she was thrown out being a modern, modern lady and she educated her daughters but then the Taliban just said, you get out or will you die? So she left with her girls and continued educating them. She had boys as well but she was very proud of and she loved art. And she wasn't allowed to collect art, which was, again, a quite a huge thing in, in times of the extreme Islamic dictatorship in Afghanistan. And she continued to you know, enjoy her Persian art, and her girls were very well educated, and they're all over the world. Their children are very well educated. So her sacrifices were paid off in the end. She gave up everything. She came from a very good Durrani family, which is quite a prominent family in Afghanistan, and she left everything behind just carried what she had and took her girls in order to continue giving them the life that she wanted them to have and I think that's followed through we're all very much into arts and culture but you fought for what you think is right as well isn't it yeah perhaps that's come through as well and I think sometimes if you have a privileged life which doesn't have the tremendous challenges which can colour your life and give you more choices that you have to make yeah. it's those choices which gives you a depth and an empathy which exactly. take you through life and that's always been a little niggling doubt in my head for my kids because they have such a lovely privileged life I mean all of our kids mm-hmm. um, we're so lucky their lives have been very smooth no challenges and I like always think oh my god does that form a full enough character in them 
but hopefully they will have their own challenges in life and grow from it. Yes, I suppose I'm always trying to hope that you can show somebody the considerations and reflections that when you go through the challenges, that's what you draw upon to go through it, not necessarily to back away. And I and my sisters were challenged because our parents died so young. So we went through that those sort of deep days of darkness, if you like, and from there you have to find your such way through and yeah. such a lot. And the it, it asks you questions which you're not always asked till a bit later. But having said that, I'm many other people lost their parents yeah. when they were younger. But it does it does change you actually. And I think all the silly arguments about who's wearing whose jacket yes. <laughs> all, all skirts disappeared entirely. But I think resilience is the key. Resilience was the key, and in some of those dark days, the other thing that was the key, Raffia, was cooking. And every evening, I used to sit down and cook something from scratch, and we'd open a bottle of red wine and have maybe a simple spaghetti bolognese, which was just properly cooked from scratch, and then maybe some good cheese after it or something. And we'd sit and remember what it is to laugh and tell the better stories and... I cooked most evenings. So food brought you all together. Food brought us all together. Food brings us all together. It's just fascinating. People often ask, why did you get Downton Abbey? And it was an extraordinary chance, which has definitely changed the marketing profile of Highclere and given it a very international flavour, which has been most fortunate to be included in the journey. And I started by making sure Highclere was not a museum, but we could stay there and we could ask our friends there. And obviously you and John, I hope, have had some very silly yeah, evenings amazing. with us. And, <laughs> and then I also asked some friends such as Julie and Emma Fellows to come and stay, to come and eat, to come and share our table, our food, wine, conversation, to laugh, to talk. And that is one of the best reasons that you can do any sort of business. And at the heart of it is the dining room. So I think almost every book I write, and my latest one, which I was sharing with you, Seasons, is about, again, the heart of it is the food and the seasonality. And then I bring it inside to share the stories of sitting around the dining room table. But there it is at the heart. It's about well, I food. think from ancient times, food brings us all together, always mm. has. It doesn't matter which community you are. You sit down, you share a plate of food together, how humble it is. But it just opens your heart. It brings love. You just sit down and forget everything else. You just enjoy what's in front of you. I think that's just so good. And to avoid just grabbing food and putting in microwave, that's not the way to eat. You just take take time and spend half an hour, create a meal and sit with your family and eat. And I think that's the key for every success for every family that there is. Your children will be happier, families will be happier. Just eat together, eat with love. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I remember with my grandmother, sometimes, you know, they used to have huge feasts on a regular basis. You know, I didn't understand as a child why there was this array of food on the, on the table. It was huge. And they spent a whole day, have staff, would be cooking, but you'll see the parent, my mother, my granny, would be physically working to cook when they didn't have to. They had, like, chefs and cooks and whoever would be doing but they will physically get involved and spend a whole day at least once or twice a week this feast will be and the whole family will be invited you'll have about 20 30 sitting around the table eating with their hands with spoons with knives whatever they wanted 
but it's such laughter, such fun. Perhaps I think your food from your heritage is coloured by the Persian and Afghani. Yes, very much so. And in this country, healthy food was marred with tasteless, boring. You know. But I decided to the flavours from my background into food and create healthy food, which is good for you, but with flavours which is going to surprise you. So every time you take a mouthful, you think, ooh, I was expecting that. One of the first, first things I created here, Rafi, was a healing herb garden because herbs, you know, rosemary and whatever they give you on dishes at the heart of what you add to the vegetables and the, and your cooking. And, and whenever, again, I think of, of your food and, and your, your lunches and what you're offering, it's, it's the colours, it's the spices, it's the flavours when, when it's on your plate. So do you want to tell me, so how would you... What, what herbs do you love? So, so herbs and spices and... We, when we talk about spices, suddenly it comes, oh, my God, hot or Indian or something. But that's not... Herbs and spices have been going and have been used in botanical medicine in, in gardens and for healing purposes and for food for centuries this has been part of our process in food and it's like a soul of a dish when you add herbs and spices so you can you can have a a, a pumpkin or a potato and you can put it in the oven on its own it'll come out it'll be just a simple bland dish but many you add bit of you know pink soul bit of drizzle of black pepper drizzle oil black pepper oregano suddenly you've got something which is quite delicious and it just it buzzes your 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 taste buds your tongue just changes all the flavors that comes into it and that's what's so fascinating about herbs so understanding what each fla- each herb does what cumin does what ajran which is another herb which indians have used it and chinese have used ajran is amazing for period pain people don't know that you boil ajran in water you drink that period pain's gone same with cumin you add it to your dishes creates amazing fast great with lamb yes no it is it's delicious with lamb but you boil cumin in water for 10 minutes with a little bit of ginger stomach pain gone period pain gone it's just so fascinating each herb has its own purpose some are heating some are cooling mint you know if you're feeling in winter why do we use in summer why do we use mint because it's a cooling herb you put it in your drink and your heat within your body just suddenly calms down if you've got a rash you make mint tea fantastic sleeping chamomile great lavender you can use it in food you can make teas with it you can make poultice all sorts so herbs they're sort of part of our life part of the food we need to make more effort understanding what they're and doing and actually you can grow herbs anywhere can't you? you can put them in a little pot you can put by the windowsill exactly so, and i think that they are so versatile so and versatile so easy and mm. wild herb, wild garlic you know we've got so many wild herbs growing <gasps> i made wild garlic pesto again i oh my just God. adore it honestly i sort of i've i was picking it i it's and it's just I sort of almost drool with pleasure as I pick the wild garlic. I mean, it's delicious on sourdough. Oh, you know, bit of to- bit pesto, one bit of sourdough toast, homegrown, oh, fantastic. It is. I, I mean, I get I get water, watercress in our river because we live on the river, and I just collect all this watercress and make big pots of pesto and salad. And the nature's given it to us in abundance. Why not use it? Completely. Herb. No, it is a joy. And then rosehip and rosehip syrup from wow. childhood God, so. <laughs> that's in my next book actually because I just was part of me was going back to childhood I think this 
again, this last 18 months, two years, has asked us to look backwards and inside a little bit. And it's remembering the treasures that you know, were perhaps passed on by our parents and how we can bring them forward. Rosehip oil, amazing anti-aging. Oh my God, it's such a good moisturiser. That's all I use. That's my facial regime. And you look 20. <laughs> <laughs> Rosehip oil, so a drop of that. And in your bath, a bit, bit of uh, black pepper oil. Amazing for you, rejuvenating you suddenly. A few drops of black pepper oil in your bath. Excellent. I'll be looking for that next. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's the joy of trying things, isn't it? Joy of trying things. Because I, I love trying different things. As I said, whenever I walk into your restaurant, I also love your brunch, you know, with the eggs and, and all the different colours on a plate again. Yeah. It's just delicious. It is much more colourful than other places. It's just wonderful. Well, it, actually, the restaurant side started with all my husband's illness, you know, when he was diagnosed with a very serious cancer. He loves his food, and we decided to go down a natural route and give him as much physical support with his immunity that we possibly could boost his immune system and how do I feed him when he just loves going out to eat and then having to divert the dishes in a way which were tasty where he wouldn't moan about being given raw food like 80% raw food on his plate and only 20% cooked he just wanted just you know his fillet steak and all of that it was quite a journey to create food which he would eat and eventually I succeeded and I started giving him this food which he would eat on daily basis and all the supplements and all the juices and all the smoothies and we couldn't go out to eat as you know it was so difficult for us because restaurants just didn't provide food which wouldn't harm his 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 treatment and that's where Elian came we created Elian in order for him to be able people like him to go and eat without feeling that they're restricted so somebody like him or people with allergies or some any health issue they can go and say okay I'm not allowed this but I can eat this can you produce something and the chefs there will create one beautiful dish or even from the counter you can eat 90%. I do reckon you can eat almost everything you yeah. put there. So it's and fine. So it's quite good for people with challenges in eating, you know, allergies or restrictions, religious restrictions, you know, people with um, intolerances, they come and eat food which is not going to harm them, but going to enhance their experience of enjoying meal with their family. Because even when you go to your aunt's house or parent's house and you've got problems, they just don't know what to cook for you. And it's quite sad. Awareness is coming. I think it has, this last 18 months, Rafi, has made us think a little bit more deeply about food, I hope. And I hope we don't all lose that. And how we can help through the legacy of COVID improve our immune system as we go into the next winter. And it's really helped bringing families together. Whatever you say, families have managed to be a lot closer Mothers have spent time with their children. Fathers have spent time with their kids. Everybody, it's just been a great time in that sense. And it has all the side problems over, you know, with mental health and all of that. But as families go, I think it's been a great thing for families to get together. It has been good and bad, I, I think. Yeah. But it depends whether you're glass half full or empty yeah. and you're in particular circumstances. And I think there's a lot of fear as people have worried whether they've got a job still or goodness knows what else. There's still a ray of sunshine. I think we always have to look at the light rather than 
look at the darkness. Yes, you need the ray of sunshine. If you don't yeah. have that, you can't walk through the darkness. Exactly. I mean, the Lord, you know, universe is there. It'll always provide in one way or another. Money has disappeared from people's lives in this, but there's been food on their plate, which is, I think is fascinating. It is amazing. And at the end of each day, I tend to take the dogs out and sometimes it's there's a, still the gloaming light still at the moment because yeah. we're in the in the summer but when it's darker and you're walking out and around the flat field in front of the castle and you look up there's this extraordinary heaven with pinpoints of stars and constellations stories and mythology and the mists that we've made and cast them up into the heavens above us to reflect where we are or not and i found that at the end of a day having gathered people together for food and gone through the day looking up like that it's a very settling and calming way to an end so where next you've got three Elian restaurants where are you going next? so we're hoping to find a place in london because i've been on the outskirts of london and serving the home counties i really think london could do with somebody like us to come in and just spread a little ray of sunshine with our clean healthy food lifestyle london has amazing offering up to now it's been just a hobby which i've sort of expanded into a little bit of business side of things it's literally i at times i'm going in the kitchen i'm cooking i'm guiding people i think the message has to go out further afield so going into london would be quite nice because people are crying out for what we do well i think they are and i yeah. and sometimes we we've got a couple of lodges we rent out or we've got tourists from international from america or europe mainland europe coming to stay and i do always say why don't you go to hungerford have oh. a look in the antique arcades you've got to go and eat at elian's thank <laughs> you no, but it is a real bright spot and it's completely unique in terms of the offerings around us too which i find fascinating and um I try not to drive all the way over to get the food alone because I think that's a bad use of petrol, but I love going to do something else or looking at some of the old furniture and well, see if John will have brunch with me. Well, Actually, John that's says, my next when, are we start, when he was asking, tell Fiona, when are we starting our monthly brunch together yes. again? Because as quite... soon as possible. Yeah. I'm looking forward to I'm thinking of also the sourdough bread. I love your breads. Your breads again. are fantastic. We have a great baker, Aston's, who grow their own wheat and then they mill it and then they bake it. Everything from scratch, all organic. And there aren't that many organic bakers in the country. And we're very lucky to have him just on our doorstep. And I've been working with him for seven years. And he just uses these ancient grains and puts them all together and puts his true passion into it. Lovely old Welshman. Well, I love the bread. And, yeah. and again, the, the brunch with the slice of the sourdough oh. and the freshly poached eggs. Bread and, is just... And yeah, the colourful green of the avocados, which are delicious, and a little bit of smoked salmon Bread gets so much bad press. But if you have good bread, proper, homemade, yeah. organic bread, it's good for you. Enjoy it. It's lovely yeah, no. grain. I know, with a little bit of butter on bread. top, it's delicious. delicious. <laughs> I get this organic Welsh butter, home-churned, which we serve... Which goes on our bread. Oh, my God. How so delicious. delicious is that? Yeah. I'm going to have to have that very soon. <laughs> I've got a date with your husband very soon, yeah, in fact. Any time. I think he's, yeah, that's what we say. Oh, you know, this pandemic, we haven't had any brunches together. Oh, yeah. Well, we definitely need to do yeah. so now. And I hope you'll come and have supper with us as well. And yeah. I hope Paul, our chef, also can produce some delicious food of the variation, which is much more health-giving. Thank you, Raphael. Thank you, Fiona.